superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Do you think enough kids these days know who Jerry Rice is? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Jerry Rice, he had 118 catches in the playoffs. Travis Kelsey just passed Rice. He's got 156. Earlier on the show, host of the Greenlight Podcast and two-time Super Bowl champion, Chris Long. Coming up, ESPN Sports Center host, Scott Van Pelt. Emmy Award-winning actor, Eric Stone Street. USC head coach, Lincoln Riley. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is you on the air. Great to chat last hour with Chris Long on the seven-year anniversary of Chris Long winning his first Super Bowl ring when the Patriots came back down 28-3. to And everybody on Twitter was saying it's time for Garoppolo. That literally happened. Oh, yeah. Right that literally happened. To open the second half, and it was 28-3. And then, you know. Things changed. The early edition of the Globe, I think, had the Brady shot of him like on the ground looking at the Falcon oh, really? player running for the touchdown. And then they 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 made they, hopefully they printed another. Oh uh, yeah, edition. they they ran a late. They late, updated the late late they, edition. Yeah. They updated. Yeah, they, Very good. Um, Eric Stone Street's going to join us top of hour number three. Apparently, he's got a story about him and Legarius Sneed. Then I can't wait to, to hear from him. That's a that's that's what we call a tease. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if he, he jammed him at the line. Um, and then uh, Lincoln Riley in hour number three as well from Las Vegas. He's one of my favorites that I got a so thrilled chance to work with and uh, be able to just say, hey, I know you worked all weekend long at the Pro Bowl and that you're flying home. And um, how'd you like to zoom into the show for 20 minutes? And he says, yes. I think that was an appropriate description of our text conversations. Got Van Pelt. Good to see you. They're roughly, but you know the answer is yes. Just tell no. me the question. I, I'm <laughs> thrilled to be available, particularly on the Monday of Super Bowl week. As a guy that used to have a radio show, there is there's Monday guests. Yes, and then as the week goes on, uh, you get to the Montana. Although I'm happy, Stone Street, Long, like I feel like I'm in Lincoln Riley. I I I feel like what this tells me, Rich, is your Monday guests. This is the kind of A list hole you've got. This so I'm not. Not offended, thrilled always to be here with you. Uh, you. You know me, Scott. Every Super Bowl day matters to me. You know what I'm saying? And and yeah, so yours, you're you know, you 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 have an A in Van, so that's your A list. You know what I mean? Like hey, you, there you go. Bang. I can grading see. with this, not a very sharp pencil. We're grading with the hand out that <laughs> nice A. That's fair. fine. We'll we'll take it. Uh, how was the Pro Bowl? What was that like? It looked fun. That's the key word. I think what the NFL has done is they've threaded the needle here with all-star games in most sports, like the NBA, like, I don't know what it is, but it's really not basketball per se. You reach the point where you couldn't play football any longer because guys weren't going to put themselves in harm's way, nor should they. And I think what they've managed to do is take the fact that guys are still competitive, create these sort of fun guys, men of a certain age, women of a certain age, Rich, you'll remember 
Howard Cosell in the Battle of the Network Stars, <laughs> right? Hey, Gabe Kaplan oh, sprinting against somebody. I mean, I, we I, were bored. Yes, we I know. were bored I, back then. I will never, Scott, I will never forget the day uh, in my life I watched Adrian Barbeau in a tug of war. Um, Scott. That's living. I'll never forget it in my entire life. And people That's should living. people should Google they, it and understand where I'm going with it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> You were a younger man, and it made you feel things. Strange things, but you felt alive. things. Alive! I felt alive. That's what it is. But they take the fun of that tug of wars and obstacle courses and whatnot. Yes. And then you still end up with an on on field football component, <laughs> and the Manning brothers component is also fun because there's there's real. I mean, they're great at kind of playing up the rivalry, but there's some real brotherly. Yeah. I want to beat you just because we're keeping score. And it was fun. I mean, I being there for practice Saturdays is great. Just to just to ask honest questions of guys like Aiden Hutchinson was awesome. I said, "Can can you have fun?" And he he was looking around. And he goes, "You know what? It felt like a, a second ago that we had this big lead against San Francisco, and I wasn't going to come." And then I thought, "You know what? Everyone here either didn't make the playoffs or they lost also." And I said, "Well, good for you for allowing yourself to come here and receive." the accolades that you have earned. And um, the the weekend was fun. The game's fun. And it comes down to a play in the end. And as I say, I think they've done the best that you can do with a game that was once something else and turning it into something else. The word these days is reimagined. I think they've reimagined it well. Yeah, and I was riveted by Justin Tucker and Brandon Aubrey playing tic-tac-toe by kicking uh, field goals. I Seriously, I'm not I'm not kidding. And on a scale of one to completely incorrigible, how is Orlovsky after he performed better than every Pro Bowl quarterback in the accuracy games? Scott? It was one of the – I failed him as I, – I failed him because we had that in our back pocket. And at some point I was like, we got to show that Orlovsky was the best in, in all of this. And then we didn't – they certainly got their money's worth leading up to the telecast. Yeah. On the broadcast, we should have we should have done that. We we failed him. Huh. But he, he absolutely would have been peacocking around and should have been because yeah. – Good reminder, folks, that you want to make fun of Dan Orlovsky because he ran out of the back of the end zone. Okay, I get it. <laughs> He he made it to the NFL as a quarterback, and he could he could spin it as the kids say, and he did in that in that uh, little competition. He showed he could still throw it. Damn, some. that is so cool, Scott Van Peltier uh, on the Rich Eisen show. Okay, so what are your thoughts on Super Bowl Fifty Eight? And it will come down to what do you believe, Scott? Kansas City's def- Kansas City's defense, uh, and that's that's the thing that will be the least talked about. Because we just we aren't good at it, and I mean we all of us. Uh, I when we were doing countdown the day that Baltimore was playing uh, Houston, I made the point of calling ourselves out. I said, "Well, we're an hour and forty five minutes in, and we're going to actually reference Baltimore's defense. How about it? I mean, they led the NFL in points uh, allowed, and most sacks, and most takeaways. But we were going to talk about Lamar and Stroud for good reason. Then the following week, you're going to talk about." Patrick and Lamar for good reason. Mm. But who were those teams in that game? One and two scoring defenses in the National Football League. Kansas City's defense is the reason they were able to get through the rough patches this season. And I think San Francisco is equipped with a bunch of different weapons. We'll talk all week about Purdy because we're incapable of talking about him in anything other than he's either Joe Montana or he sucks. Because that's just what things, every conversation comes down to either you're the best or you're garbage. But 
ultimately, he has all these different weapons at his disposal, and that Kansas City defense has been not good, but great. So to me, Mahomes is going to do Mahomes stuff. You're never going to stop him from doing that. But can San Francisco do enough against that Kansas City defense that they can win the game? That, I believe... Is the most is will will be the most um, substantial decider of the outcome of the game. I think. Yeah, I mean, and let's dig into the Purdy conversation as you just uh, referenced. Um, not much nuance when it comes to the Brock Purdy conversation, oh. and, and you know, bottom line is he is one of the youngest starters in the history of the the Super Bowl. He yep. is still clearly cutting his teeth and learning. And last year, he was the darling, like Mr. Irrelevant is the most relevant player potentially in the National Football League. Isn't this interesting? And then obviously we saw how it ended due to injury. Then he comes back, and this is a type of surgery that somebody might lose a few miles per hour off his fastball if we're talking about Major League Baseball here. He comes back. They trade away Trey Lance. Now, all of a sudden, the fact that the team's all in on him places the pressure, as we like to call it in our world, on him and changes, I think, the conversation. Don't I, I, Honestly, I've spent so much time trying to figure out what goes through our brains collectively as a sports media here. But is that the difference here, what we're talking about, Purdy, as opposed to last year? Scott, maybe I, I think it's just the, the worst part of our of our human nature. or What we are at the moment is that we love you until we get sick of you. And then when and then when we turn on you, then, you know, it's it's it, good luck. Right. I mean, it's and I don't know what he's done to, to other than have it turn into on our network and any network where there's conversation about what you are. And then and then, you know, Cam has had his conversation about, you know, the game manager piece. And, and listen, I defer to a guy who's been an MVP and played in the Super Bowl. Like his opinion has merit. Like I feel like he actually has nuanced conversation if you're listening to it other than just getting mad about, well, what did he say? Uh, and I, I put on the tape. That's what they always say in football, right? You've made your living for many years with the NFL Network. Mm-hmm. When it comes to football, what are these these guys that if I've learned anything being around him? It's like, what what's the tape show you? And Purdy put some pretty good stuff on tape, game, uh, you know, often game after game. And then, you know, they got beat by Baltimore and he turned it over some. And then he's like, well, that's it. He sucks. I mean, I don't think that's fair, but we're, we're, we're so often not fair. We're so often not reasonable. We're going to take the most recent thing and turn it into what you, what you are as a player. So if he wins, if they win, yes. then that means he gets to be a guy, right? And if they don't, does that mean it's his fault? Now, if they lose because he plays poorly, and he did play poorly against Baltimore. I'm not saying he didn't, but a lot of people played poorly. Goff was horrible against Baltimore, right? Mm-hmm. They, Detroit went in there and got destroyed. Worst game they played all year. Who was it against? Oh, that was Baltimore. I'll be damned. Like, they were hard to play against. Kansas City didn't get a point in the second half against Baltimore. Didn't need to, but... My my point is a lot of people look bad against Baltimore. So I, I I just I would hope that people allow the performance to speak for itself in terms of where the conversation goes from here. I just have very little faith that that'll happen um, because it's like there's no I, I, he's either an MVP candidate or he's garbage. Right. Like he can just can he just be a good starter like on a really good team? 
Uh, is that okay? But he's also an MVP candidate. I mean, he's one of the finalists. And and again, why'd that happen? You know, why'd that happen though? Because um, he performed well enough. Uh, I don't know. Uh, and I, and in my opinion, sure. and I think it took Mahomes is Mahomes. Mahomes is in this other category on his own. He to me on on the tiers, like he deserves to be discussed in a certain way. Yeah, and they weren't great. That offense wasn't great, and they were scuffling along. Rich, they lost at home on Christmas Day to the Raiders, and we're going. What are we doing, man? Like that—that that wasn't Halloween or Thanksgiving. That was Christmas that that happened. And so, because we got that deep into the season, where you didn't have uh, a guy whose numbers just said, "I'm the MVP," right? I you were looking for well, well, who do we have? Well, I don't know. Lamar's <laughs> numbers aren't awesome, but he's pretty good. Well, San Francisco's great, and he's been pretty good. So it became who's the best player on the best team, which is why I think his his name was thrown around in there. I don't necessarily feel like his numbers scream I'm the MVP. I just feel like he was the quarterback of the best team and the one seed in the NFC. So by default, you end up there. But then it gets picked apart for all these other reasons. So I don't know. It's it's no. just what's, what we do, man. No, I I, I know. And then uh, I guess I don't, I don't know if it matters in the end because nobody's sitting here – parsing through Tom Brady's first career playoff season right now, because if you remember, I mean, uh, Raiders fans where we're going to uh, a lot of Raiders fans what would basically be saying, well, they got lucky with an interpretation of the rule that was correct in the snow. Um, he also then got hurt, right? Um, and Bledsoe had to come in there and we all forget that Super Bowl week leading up to that game against the Rams. Belichick was asked, are you going to put Bledsoe in there after everything anyway? I mean, that was what Brady... And then, you know, uh, in the final summer all Madden broadcast, um, the two of them together on Fox, Madden's like, I don't I don't know if you're going to really put the ball in this kid's hand. You just play for overtime. And they didn't. You know what I mean? Like, and so... Of course. Right? So in many ways, I mean, Purdy has a similar sort of conversation around him. Like, is he really the guy? I mean, you got somebody like Bledsoe that was at least there in New England. Here, I guess, what, you sent Lance away. Uh, you send yep. Garoppolo away. I don't know if there's a sense uh, of Purdy doesn't deserve what's happening here, even though last year we were all marveling about what he was able to do. It's it's really weird, man, you know? But I, I, I think, and I said this in the summer, when they traded Lance away, and there were people that were aghast that they had done this, and... I said, they're telling you what they organizationally what they think. Yeah, we've got our guy. This is him. Purdy's our guy, and that was before they knew, or we knew, or if even he knew, it was like my arm going to be good enough for me to be some version of what I was last year? And then the answer, I think, was yeah. So they've told you at every step, he's our guy, and so I, I look, man, this is as big a stage as there is in sport. And so he, it'll be difficult to, to either not succeed or fail spectacularly because of that. One way or another, a week from today, that your conversation, all of our conversation, is almost has to be framed with either, well, now he's on this different trajectory, or he's Garoppolo Part Two, right? I mean, we're we just we don't do nuance well, unfortunately. You, you can, you just have to be willing to do it. Yeah, to well, just say, well, it's maybe not this. It's maybe not he's Joe Montana or he sucks. It's okay for it to be somewhere in the middle. 
Yeah, I guess, or it could be a shootout, right? I, I don't know. That's that's last year that's was, the beauty of you. Know, I know, right? Last, exactly. Last year absolutely was. Hey, listen, Hertz, Hertz came out of that game last year as he's worth every penny the Eagles are going to have to pay him, and and he he was the best quarterback on the field for much of that game. Correct. Didn't Correct. throw a pick six, but at the end of it, they lost. So then he played well enough so that at the end of it, even though they lost, it wasn't like well they lost because Hertz wasn't good enough. Correct. That wasn't what. In the end, everyone's kind of mad about a Bradbury call, even though Bradbury's like, yeah, maybe, you know, I got him. Mm. Um, So, listen, to me, you asked me, what does it come down to? To me, it's Kansas City's defense has got to be, has got to, they're they're the biggest thing that is interesting to me. And San Francisco's defense, which for quite a while had a rep for being like pretty rugged, they got eaten alive by both the Packers and the Lions. You know, they, they better be better against Mahomes or none of this conversation about Purdy is going to matter at all. Scott Van Pelt, couple minutes left with the Sports Center anchor Deluxe right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, um, you know, as you know, Monday guests uh, are not allowed to say I've got five more days or whatever, or whatever you, you you might utilize here. I know you've got your own show. This is content in the 21st century. Me asking you who you've got, but I I would like an answer. Who are you going to take in this game? All right, I'll try to be brief. No. As I've just displayed, that's that's not do my what strength. You wish. No, dude, go it for it. It never has been. Right. Fundamentally, as a as a ball knower, as they as they say, right? If you watch the game and you think you understand the game, I just don't understand how Mahomes is an underdog in this game. Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> Makes no sense to me. And I think when he's an underdog, and I was the guy screaming, I just want to see him go on the road, not because I don't think they can win. I just want to see it. Well, how about Buffalo and Baltimore? Any other questions? You bald dope. Um, they've, they've answered that question. And now they're dogs again. And I don't understand why. And so I think in my head, well, Kansas City's going to win this game. And then fortunately or unfortunately, the venue for this game is a place through a prism I tend to see things, and that's the Vegas side of things. Mm-hmm. It feels to me like the line at the window to say, give me the Chiefs, is a mile long, and that is a data point that I often consider because they're not in the business. Those lights aren't bright because every dope can show up and just go, give me the Chiefs because it's free. That's not how it works. So I'm convinced that by the time we get to the end of this week, I'm going to say San Francisco and shrug just because I can't understand how Kansas City is just this obvious because things like this rarely are. Right. So I'm going to somehow I'm going to talk myself into Kansas uh, into San Francisco, Rich, and I don't know why. If you ask me the fundamental football reasons, I'm not going to have one. Okay. Does that make any sense? So no, no, it does. So we're putting you down for San Francisco. Put me down. Put an SF next to me. Put an SF. Hate it. S- I hate that I said it on the record. SVP score. Scott? SF. You got a score. You, you got a. You got a score. Uh, what's the total? Because I because I, I want to make it as vague as I can uh, for the total. Forty-seven and a hook. It feels lower than that to me. I, uh, same. Give me give me the give me the Niners twenty-four twenty. Twenty-four twenty. All right. So we're on the lower side, and we're on the favorite. God, oh. what am I doing? Who am I? <laughs> Talking. <laughs> don't put don't put this on the record. Don't say no, this anyway. That's kind of too late. Too late. Yeah. For that. Hey, everybody good out there? All you, you and all your crew are pretty good. Man. Right? We're good. It's raining. Lots of rain. It's raining. I can't wait is that to all it is? No, it seems like oh, it's, it's pouring. It's pouring. Trees, it, man. It's pouring. I can't wait to get yeah. Lincoln Riley on, as you know, he's that's coming nice. in hour three. 
he must be just like looking around at all these new law, these new neighbors of his complaining about the rain. He must be like, what the hell's, where, where did I, where the hell did I land here in Los Angeles? But that's the way, that's the I way it goes. I've seen where he landed. It's a pretty good spot. Not, He's doing all right. not doing bad, not doing poorly. By the way, I don't know if you heard, I gave you a shout out at the end of the uh, Patriots Broncos game with the pitchy, pitchy, woo, woo. I, 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 from the bottom of my heart, yeah. I thank you. And in the very first sequence of plays in the Pro Bowl, yeah. the, the AFC started chucking around, and I'm literally, I've never called a game in my life, and I start screaming, pitchy, pitchy, woo-woo. It's, it's great. By the way, it's the perfect description for it. There's no other way to put it. Because it doesn't work, although in a, in, a, in a Pro Bowl game, it works a lot better because it never ends up in the hands of some poor guard who has to try to make a move and a decision. <laughs> well, that 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 is now the new ceiling of Pro Bowl coverage or or this type of entertainment coverage. The the floor, as we all know, was the post-tire race chat between Howard Cosell and Telly Savalas years ago. Um, you know, the, the, the sack race with Robert Conrad. But I could go on and on. It's like one big Mad Lib. I love that you mentioned uh, that, Scott. Ed Asner, uh, in a, in arm <laughs> wrestling with uh, he played football. Vic Tabak. Vic- Is that the guy from Alice? Did I hit you with a Vic Tabak? Yeah. The big dingy. Yes, correct. Vic Tabak. All the old heads are smiling. All the youngsters are like, "What happened? What are these? <laughs> tell these two guys to shut up. Get Vic out of here." Why are they not talking about SZA? Thanks again, Scott. <laughs> really appreciate it. All right, always a pleasure. There, See you, Vegas. You're right back at you. The great Scott Van Pelt. Here on the Rich Eisen Show. Vic, Vic Tabak died 34 years ago. Oh, dude. Vic Tabak. He was Mel of Mel's yeah. Diner. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Please. Stifle it. And by the way, we don't, we look at things differently here. I totally understand what he's saying. You know, hey, Monday of Super Bowl week, you just got to get who you, who you can. You know what I mean? Because everybody waits till the end of the week and suddenly Pro Bowlers show you up and Hall of Famers guys, show hey. up. And we have, we do have a, you know, rule that we try to stick to rings and jackets. That's what we want. We want rings and jackets Rings and jackets, mm-hmm. but this man wears a jacket, you know, he's got rings. Scott Van Pelt. Love it. The magical SVP. All right. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. We've got uh, your phone calls. I've got a top five list. Hey. I like a Monday top five. What top five got? mind-blowing results of Super Bowl 58, what they would be. What would be the top five most mind-blowing results We're of Super Bowl 50? Oh yeah, I like should it. I get the crystal ball for yeah, this? Absolutely. We're we gonna do this next. Do we need help picking it Let's up? Let's do this next. <laughs> Let's do it next. Where is the crystal ball? Oh, uh, it's, it's over there. Oh, okay. I'll get it. Right. We'll be right yeah, back on the Rich Eisen show. Hey folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets. 
at the Rich Eisen Show, and every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat, where the court is, where you are in relation to it, and then the all-in prices. That's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all-in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed when you're running the ball downhill, Devo, do you see uh, people making business decisions? Is it is it is it something you're seeing as you're running downhill, Devo? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I really don't pay attention. I mean, if they move out the way, they move out the way. If they don't, you know, they just gonna feel it. But you, but you, <laughs> but you could see it though, right? You come, come on now. You could see the eyes maybe getting wide, and you could see them maybe getting down a little lower than you know. They're trying to get some yeah, leverage some, here. Most 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 people kind of turn it down, but some yeah. people out there just make business decisions and just kind of throw their body just hoping. And I fall down too. Well, I mean, that's not really that's not really happening. Uh, I'm not I'm not seeing that. Do you like the content? Do you enjoy it? Of course, of course, of course. So growing up, uh, I, mo- I played mostly like running back until mm-hmm. I kind of got to college, and then I transitioned to a wideout. So uh, what what do you like to do if you're given a choice? Run it or catch it and run it? What's your favorite to do? I- I'd rather catch it than run it. Why is that? Uh, because if I catch it, I, I I got way more space, you know. I mean, it's it's really not a preference, but I preferably like to to catch it and run. Okay, and you got a good story about Shanahan showing you a play, and you're like, oh, okay, that's gonna work, and then it does. You got you got no, one of those. Sir, I do not remember any of them. None of them, because yeah, normally that's that we've seen that where he just says this is gonna work. <laughs> we're gonna get a touch. Didn't he do that with Kittle once? He says we're gonna this one's gonna go to the house, and then it goes to the house. Uh, cow, cow. I mean, if you if you watch him, and like he's all the way down, like if we on offense, he always he all the way down on the other side just watching, and he you can see him sometimes talking to the referee. Yeah, he's like, all right now, uh, watch Kittle, this guy's about to hold, and I, and nine times out of ten he holds, and then we get the flag. But a lot of plays that he calls, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. Any play that Kyle calls can end up in a touchdown. That was Debo calling in, and then that was a big to-do about his upcoming contract, about whether to run it or not. Debo. Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Great chat with Scott Van Pelt. Derek in Missouri has been hanging on since we came on the air. What's up, Derek? Hey, Rich. How are you doing today? What's on your mind? Well, I have a top five list myself. Oh. It's my top five favorite Super Bowls of my lifetime. All right. How old are you, Derek? I am 35. He's sir. 35. All right. So we're limited. There's 58 Super Bowls. Um, are you including ones that you don't even remember? Uh, no, sir. Okay. Do you need some sort of setup? You want music? What do you want? I would love some NFL films music. There you go, please. Derek in Missouri, top five Super Bowls of his lifetime. He's 35. Or, as they might say, XXXV years old. What's up, Derek? What do you have? 
All right. So number five, this one to me doesn't seem like that doesn't get included a lot. Oh, and I would say out of the top ten top Super Bowls for Tom Brady, it was probably his most competitive because it came down to the last who had the ball the last possession, uh-huh. and it came down to an Aaron Benatieri field goal for a second Super Bowl win mm. in Super Bowl Thirty Eight against the Carolina Panthers. That was the first one I ever covered. One game. Okay, that's number five. Right. What's number four, Derek? Number four, Brockman. Sorry, I hate to bring this up to you, but uh, it's kind of taking the Patriots, you know, the entire defense to chase Eli Eli Manning, to track him down, and for to heave that ball up in the air for for David Tyree to catch that ball on his helmet. And Ronnie Harrison until this very day is probably thinking, what could I have done differently to make the play happen to where he didn't catch that ball? It was Super Bowl 42. One of my favorite Giants. moments, Derek, in the history of this show is when is when uh, Brockman once told Eli Manning there was holding on that play, and he's like, holding? Nobody, they didn't block anybody. That was my <laughs> one of my favorite moments in maybe the history of this program. Um, and by the way, Rodney Harrison's uh, consolation prize, if you will, may be uh, hearing his name go into the Hall of Fame on Thursday night. That's he, entirely he possible. Okay, what's number I three on your list, Derek? Let's bring, it, let's bring it home. What do you have? Number three, so... It could have taken James Harrison five football fields to oh, take it all man. the way to the end zone for that miraculous pick six towards the end of the first half. And, of course, Antonio Holmes with the miraculous ballerina-like type, keeping his toes in the end zone mm-hmm. for the touchdown it's for good. the Steelers winning 43 against Kurt Warner and the Cardinals. It's a good thing Kurt's not here. He's on Thursday's show. What, are you got two <laughs> two more, Derek? Two 49. It. You know, for me, I don't know why, but this one just, even though I picked Seattle, this one just stands up there just because. The Malcolm Butler uh, play. Sure. Absolutely. And number one? Number one on your list? It's about three. And for me, as a Bronco fan, I was nine years old. People say, Derek, you're too young to remember that day. It's like, no, I remember that day like it was back in my head when I saw John Elway and that helicopter run towards the end of the game to pull off one of the most miraculous upset Super Bowl history and where Pat Bowen was on top of that stage saying there's only four words. This one's for John, for the Broncos to beat the Packers in Super Bowl 32. This one's my top five Super Bowls of my lifetime. You just made the list. Thank you, Derek. This one's for Derek. We're clapping. (laughs) All right. Good list. I mean, I mean, that one was for Derek, literally the final one. I don't think anybody would choose that Super Bowl as the... One of the best, the best Super Bowl of all time. But if he's nine years old, he remembers it. He's a Bronco fan. There you have it. Thank you for calling, Derek. Appreciate that. I don't know. I mean, Derek had eight chances to put a Cowboys game in this list, and he nice. didn't. So. Well, he's only 35. Nice. I mean, we still <laughs> he doesn't remember him. You know? oh, Packer, he did say he had to be Packers alive. were 11-point favorites in that game. Denver wins by seven. Yeah, I know. One of the biggest upsets ever. In San Diego. Correct. Right? It was in TD's hometown. Qualcomm. Correct. I don't think it was Qualcomm yet. It might have still been Jack Murphy hmm. back in the day. I don't know. But at any rate, I've got my own top five. Ooh. Now, one of what's my favorite coaching cliche? Uh, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't have a crystal ball. I mean, it's such a cop out. Of course you don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> who the hell has a crystal ball? Unless. You know? You know? Unless. 
So we always say that over and over and over again. Who the hell has a crystal ball? So one day I come to work, as you know, and I'm like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to buy a crystal ball. And I kept taking a look at, you know, out there online, and they all look small. And I decided, you know what? If we're going to get a crystal ball, we're going to get one that looks like U2 is playing in the middle of it. I mean, this thing is huge. Oh my God! It's this is literally this has to be like thirty pounds or something like that. I don't know, you just but it's so good. It is huge. <laughs> it's so I just good grow. though. The way the light reflects. It's I awesome. know it is gorgeous. It's great. It does. It does look like yesterday was the uh, the anniversary seventeenth anniversary of Prince playing in the uh, yeah in the rain in the rain. It does look like a very similar sort of. It's set up. Look at it. Look, oh, the, look at the, the reflection. What, of the what logo. did Don Mitchell call him? Oh, the producer, perfect. Don Mitchell, hexagonal uh, lighting. It just—it's beautiful. We want it to Ballin'. rain harder. Rain harder. So, I decided bust out the crystal ball for my top five. This would the top top five would be mind blowing results of Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Hit it. High five. One, two, three, four, five. Rich's top five. All right, here we go. Um, there's a little bit of something in it for everybody. There's two, you know, downers for each team, one for each team, and then there's two exciting ones for each team. And um, and then this one might be a downer for whoever bets the over. Because number five, mind-blowing result, of Super Bowl 58 is the defense dominates. That would be kind of mind-blowing if it's, I mean, I'm not like 13-3 Patriots over Rams, but what if it is something where both offenses struggle and the defenses, we, we're talking about Nick Bosa being a defensive player of the year candidate. Um, I mean, Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year winner. As a matter of fact, the Niners win. Bosa would become the eighth player in NFL history to win defensive rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, and a Super Bowl in his career. The other ones are Dana Stubblefield, Terrell Suggs, Aaron Donald, Joe Green, Jack Lambert, Lawrence Taylor, and Charles Woodson. Wow. So you got a defensive player of the year guy out there, and Chris Jones is a defensive stallion as well. Although, how about this? This one kind of stopped me in the NFL Network research packet. Chris Jones, this will be his uh, fourth Super Bowl appearance. He was in Super Bowl 54, 55, and last year as well. Okay. You ready for this one? In his three Super Bowl appearances, zero sacks, zero tackles for loss, zero quarterback hits. Zeros across the board. Interesting. So his first sack, tackle for loss, or quarterback hit will be the first in his fourth Super Bowl appearance. Whoa. So he's due, right? And we talk about this Niners Niners defense. What can they do? The Chiefs, by the way, led the NFL with 63 sacks this year, including playoffs. This is the first time they've hit the Super Bowl in the Mahomes era in which they had more sacks than their opponent. By the way, they had 62 sacks last year. (laughs) The Eagles just came in with 78. So anyway, so the defense might dominate this one. Who knows? That would be mind-blowing. Number four on this list would be if the 49ers fall down early again. Really? Now, how would that be mind-blowing? I I just consider it that they just got to – they've got to come out fast. They've got to come out with that first 15 scripted being something else because if they don't, that would be – 
pretty damn significant. They've got a minus 16-point differential in the first half in this postseason. Only the Cowboys had a worse point differential in the postseason this year when they lost by 20 in the wildcard round. They're the seventh team all-time to make a Super Bowl appearance with a negative seven or worse forced first-half point differential leading up to a Super Bowl appearance. The prior six teams all lost in the Super Bowl. So if they want to win it, they can't fall down early again. That would be kind of mind-blowing. So that's the negative one for the 49ers. Here would be the negative one for the Chiefs. Number three on the list of mind-blowing results of Super Bowl 58 is, is if the Chiefs' case of the dropsies return. Ooh. What would happen then? First half, ball bounces off of somebody's hands. What if one bounces off of somebody's hands for an interception and all of a sudden, Niners are up? And the Chiefs dropsies returns. What if that happens? Yeah. I don't, Again, I don't mean to put this stuff about the Niners and the Chiefs into the universe, but that would be kind of mind-blowing because it's been totally reversed. They have flipped the switch. We have not seen it at all. The last three playoff games, right, we didn't see it in the final week of the season. They rested everybody. And really the last time we saw anything that looked significantly negative overall was the Christmas loss. To the Raiders, what if that happened? That's number three on the list. Now, let's see glasses half full here. Number two, I'm looking into my crystal ball, and I see the number two mind-blowing result of Super Bowl 58 is if Patrick Mahomes utterly dismantles the 49ers defense. Just smokes him. Just an old-school Elway beating the crap out of, you know, Atlanta, right? An old-school Dallas beating the crap out of Buffalo. An old school just quarterback goes in and eviscerates and just exclamation points this whole conversation we're going to have all week about his ascending greatness. And as, I, as I've been talking about, air of invincibility. What if the Niners come in and they just can't get a pass rush and they can't stop Pacheco and then Mahomes just eviscerates them? That's number two. Oh, Would be a mind-blowing result. Number one, I think this is everyone in agreement. As I look into my crystal ball, thank you very much. I should make my hand movement over. I look in there, and this is the ultimate dream for 49er fans. The most mind-blowing result of Super Bowl 58 would be Super Bowl MVP Brock Purdy plays the game of his life. Shows up, three touchdowns, 300 yards, passer rating damn near perfect. Every single drop back looks like he's in a rocking chair and he is just playing the game slows down for him. And then he's the one who takes off and picks up first downs with his legs and doesn't make a mistake. The ball doesn't get thrown near near a defender, let alone directly to one as happened in the win over Green Bay and the one that did actually cost him got picked off against the Lions in the win in the NFC Championship game. Brock Purdy shows up Everybody's talking about, is he the right guy? And ha- he has a night in Las Vegas better than most people have ever had in Las Vegas. <laughs> and I understand what I'm saying there. And whatever happens there actually disseminates around the entire world. And the Niners finally get that Super Bowl win they have not seen since Steve Young destroyed San Diego. That's the most mind-blowing result. I think about Super Bowl 58. Do you think we need one more? All right. All right. We'll, we'll one do more. one more. I'm going to go. I'm going to go dive headfirst into this thing here. And I look into my crystal ball and I see in my crystal ball when it's all over, the confetti on the ground and the confetti is the color of red. And somebody takes that confetti and shoves it away 
So one guy in red can take a knee. Oh, God. And bust out a ring. Oh, my God. And hand it to Taylor Swift. <laughs> Brilliant! That Travis Kelsey, amongst the confetti, does in fact propose insane, to Taylor man. Swift. That would be so nice. The internet would be broken. The entire world might stop spinning. What if that actually happens? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to, no pressure here. No pressure here at all. Seems like they're just two lovely kids living their best lives. One has a fourth Grammy for the album of the year. And Travis Kelsey would have a third ring of his life. And then the fourth one he would hand to Taylor Swift, making Tony Romo's joke actually come into uh, what well, he calls a joke. Do we believe Tony Romo referred to? Uh, He's done it several times this year. As his wife? Well, no, he okay. referred to Kelsey, uh, Jason as the brother-in-law. brother-in-law whatever. Okay. Yeah. At any rate. Yeah. That would be pretty mind-blowing. That would be pretty I actually cool. went there. Would it be mind-blowing at this point? Yes, it would. Yeah. yeah, it would be. No, it would If he actually does that. I don't think so. Brockman, Brockman predicted this um, I, I said it a long time ago. ago. I was kind of kidding. She doesn't even follow Travis on Twitter. So oh, okay. There, there you really, go. You know what I mean? Right, okay. Guys, that changes everything. I, I, that does change everything. I'm sure, she's fa- I, I'm sure she's handling the, uh, the account. Rich, I've, I've skipped the last <laughs> few pages of the script just so I don't know if that comes to fruition or not. I... Are you bringing that to Vegas? Because our first guest of the entire week in Vegas is Keegan-Michael Key, the star of that commercial. Our our scripts match up. Okay. Very good. (laughs) That's my top five list right there. I like it. I like it. Did I miss anything? I couldn't think of anything more mind-blowing. I took one that's negative for each team and one that's positive for each team, Mm -hmm. and then I took one that would just be in terms of the result. Because everybody thinks that I think that the offenses will have moments I think, I think it would be insanely mind blowing if Mahomes just stunk. Yeah, I can't. Like if he that was just like what? had a bad game, three picks, the less than two hundred yards. I think that would be absolutely insane. Maybe you could have added something know. weird going on, like the lights go out again, or, or a, a guy paraglides onto the field, like the Holyfield bow fight. Just something <laughs> strange like that happening during the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back here on the Rich Eisen show. Um, an announcement that I'm very excited about oh, for Run ooh. Rich Run. Hey. And we'll talk about what we can all do to help out. That's next. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. All right, back here on the show. Uh, We're going to be joined shortly uh, by a a special guest to help us kick off the charitable portion of our season for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. 
Um, I've already, as you could tell, kicked off the training portion of my year. Yeah, it's 6 a.m. workouts. Look at you. I did a 6 a.m. workout today. Uh, I'm happy to say I'm heading off to the Super Bowl for the first time. Sub 200 pounds. I've done, I don't remember the last time I've done that. So we'll see if that translates to being faster. <laughs> uh, here's the issue as well. As you know, I'm not running till April. Right. Normally the run is at the combine. Right. But now we're, you know, That's this is the third straight year we're going to run at the Rose Bowl. That'll be fun. Certainly since, uh, you know, <clears throat> Michigan men uh, do very well there. So we just saw that. I don't, should I get somebody there from Alabama and retire them? Is there anybody? Or is that just that's, that's a negative? Is it, is it is it disrespectful? I mean, it's, it would be nice to have them just you know to as an olive branch, maybe you know to oh. extend it and let them know there's no hard feelings. Yeah, right. Reach out to Saban and he'll just tell me quit asking. <laughs> Your favorite player ever is from Bama. Is from Bama. Joe Namath. Yeah, yeah. Joe Willie. I could retire him again. <laughs> you think he still likes you after all this? Of course. I don't know. I'm probably going to see Joe's almost always at the at the NFL honors. If I see him, yeah, take a picture with him. Okay. He yeah. might just roll his eyes at okay. you and walk away. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, we're back here on the Rich Eisen Show, right here on the Roku channel. Our radio audience is set to return in hour three. We've got Eric Stone Street and uh, Lincoln Riley coming up in hour number three. Back on the Rich Eisen Show here on the Roku channel, as we all know, uh, along with the Rich Eisen Show radio network. Um, as everybody knows, um, I think by now, I, I run for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. This upcoming April will be my 20th run. Can you believe that? 20. 20. Wow. And uh, I keep doing it even though I get slower pretty much every damn time because it's such a great cause. And also, uh, Kevin Burkhardt is on tomorrow's program. He is the host of the 19th Legends for Charity Dinner, which is a premier event during Super Bowl weeks, raised over $11 million over its life, thanks to the great work of everybody behind that evening. Cheryl D. Leonardis is an angel on the planet Earth for running that organization. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital has been happening for them since 2006. And joining, and Tony Romo is the recipient of this year's Pat Summerall uh, Award, which I was honored to have received a few years ago. At any rate, um, it's time to talk about St. Jude a little bit here and try and raise a little bit of money. The president and CEO of ALSAC, which is the fundraising and awareness organization for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, my friend Rick Shadiak back here on the show right here on the Monday before the Super Bowl. Good to see you, Richard. How are you? I am well, Rich. Good to see you. And I heard you say sub 200 pounds. Yes. Impressive getting to the Super Bowl. Okay. You know, I mean, the desk hides the, the speltness. <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> well, the, the, the most important thing is that if I've got you um, and um, and I want to make sure as many people do that, because I, I spoke to uh, a young lad, an interview that will run on NFL Network on Sunday, part of our eight and a half um, hours of coverage, uh, a kid named Sydney in the Carolinas who went to St. Jude at age eight. His parents got the most nightmarish diagnosis that you can get. And he's 
Rick, he, he as soon as we were done with the interview, I get I get Misty talking about it. He went out played basketball. He was playing. He, you know, he's play. He can't wait to play more football. Couldn't have struck me as uh, like I would have never known that he had this nightmarish thing happen to him and St. Jude getting him back on his feet. It's beautiful, Rick. It really is. That's what it's all about. And that's why you do the run, Rich Run, and you've raised over $5.6 million. It's about allowing these kids the opportunity to live out their their lives' dreams uh, and, and to be kids again, right? And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to play sports again. Uh, so I can't wait to see that interview. And, you know, who was going to be speaking uh, at the Legends for Charity dinner is Emmanuel, who I think ran in your Run, Rich Run 40-yard yeah. dash last year. Yeah, I, he, he ran sub five. He was... He he. Well, I mean, he he plays football, right? So right. I mean, like, and and he's he's built like a like a like a brick house, Rick. And yeah. he, again, he looked as healthy as ever. And I just I just love seeing the look on these parents' faces and the kids' faces when they do this run because it's just a beautiful day in the life where 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 you get to be kids and and run. So, what can you tell us about uh, the latest from St. Jude? Um, and the research hospital and what what's being affected there in 2024. You know, we're in the middle right now of our $12.9 billion strategic plan. We just opened up a brand new patient housing facility uh, called the Domino's Village, 141 two- and three-bedroom apartments uh, for our patients mm. and their families. It's literally right across the street from St. Jude, connected right into our campus. Uh, we've opened up a patient family commons, a non-clinical area where our families can spend time in between treatments. And I'll tell you what I'm really excited about, Rich, that is that this this year, we're going to start our distribution of free cancer medications as part of a, an initiative to raise uh, the survival rates around the globe from 20% to 60%. So we're going to be giving free cancer medications over the next five years to 120,000 children of the 400 cases of childhood cancer around the globe. And that's why you run. That's why people come to Legends for Charity, so we can pay those monies to make sure kids all around the globe. Uh, get a chance to live full and complete lives, uh, and also to ensure that no family ever receives a bill from St. Jude, not for treatment, travel, housing, or food, so mom and dad can focus on helping their child survive. And that, that's that's a beautiful part about it, and that's why uh, um, you know uh, f- folks might sit here and go, well, um, they understand the part about cancer research and and making sure that something that is insanely expensive is disseminated and dispensed for zero dollars and zero cents that makes sense about a, a a children's research hospital but you're mentioning about housing right i mean like that's because yeah. because people just get this i mean it all starts the same too rick when you hear the stories it's just like kid has a sore throat kid's yeah. leg suddenly just starts to hurt you know an arm pain and then you go to the doctor and you're like what what is what 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 is my child suffering from and then they have to uproot and change their entire lifestyle. And that's, that, that's again, why, you know, what you're doing is, is really terrific. Right. No, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, a lot of kids go to emergency rooms at local children's hospitals, uh, amazing institutions all around the country, uh, and then, God willing, they're discharged or they're discharged after a short stay in the hospital. Uh, sometimes it can be worse than that, no question. But here at St. Jude, our kids come from all across the United States and the world, and they're with us for months and years on end. So we've got to provide an opportunity for them to still be family uh, and to allow them safe space, you know, space where 
where they can just be a family together. And that's why we build these housing facilities. This will be the fourth one uh, that we now have. Uh, and this was our biggest one. And we're super excited. The families are loving it. It was brought to our fr- by our great friends at Domino's Pizza. Mm. Um, and it's a magnificent facility. Rick, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. Stjude.org is still the spot where people can, can donate uh, at the moment. And obviously, the, the, there's the run. I'll be coming back asking for more money later on in the spring, but that's where people can go. That's correct. Stjude.org. That's S-T-J-U-D-E.org. And thank you, Rich. And support Run Rich Run, man. He's $5.6 million. <laughs> I see some big milestones on the horizon yeah. there. The, the, the key is just to run less than 5.6 and more than 5.6 mm-hmm. and we actually get some cash. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll bet on you, Rich. You'll do it. <laughs> you're the best. You're the best. Uh, and again, the Legends for Charity Dinner uh, in honor of Tony Romo coming up on Thursday night. Kevin Burkhart, we'll talk more about it with him in studio tomorrow. You be well, Rick. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Rich. You too. You got it. That's Rick Shadiak, the president and CEO of ALSAC, which is the uh, awareness and fundraising organization in support of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Again, um, I spoke to that kid the other day after our show Friday. I'm like, you know, what was your favorite part of the day? Yeah, we played, you know, a blacktop. We went up to the blacktop and shot hoops. He spent two and a half months in St. Jude as an eight-year-old. You know? (sighs) Hour number three coming up, Eric Stone Street. He knows all about the support of children's hospitals. He's coming up hour three. Talking Chiefs and Lincoln Riley. Lincoln was supposed to be in Vegas. I'm seeing him on a media tour. He's here in Los Angeles. You know why? A rain. Can't get out. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, let's hope we can we can get out tomorrow, right? I was only thinking that when I was driving in today because, you know, I, I drive in behind the airport and just watching the rain just pour. I didn't see any planes in the kind of like the three, four minutes I was back yeah. there to take off. And I usually see about three or four in that drive. So, so are you saying you drive behind the airport and sometimes stop and watch the planes? Is that what you just no, said? No, I mean, there, as I, that, that stretch of road, dude, I'm right behind it, so I see planes okay. every morning flying over, and I didn't see anything. Okay. Hey, how's the weather out there? It's raining sideways. All right, we're taking off tomorrow uh, early afternoon. It's raining sideways! Yeah, like a 30% chance. We oh, should, all right, we're good. We should be okay. Meanwhile, Del Tufo's, you know, got the blinkers on somewhere. I'm going to call him. I was just going to say, I'm going to Don't call him. Don't call him. Don't call him. Why? I got to know what he's I, doing. we got to get him hands-free and they're safe, the okay? He's hands-free, man. It's going right. <laughs> you know, Mike's got the hookup. All right, I just texted, how's the drive? Don't text him. <laughs> You're not supposed to text. He's in the middle of nowhere. You're in the desert. I know. So now he's going to look down at his phone? Eh, he's fine. He's a grown man. He was a cop. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he wrapped a car around a tree. I don't think he wants you to tell him. That's why he's no longer a cop. But he wasn't like a a cop at the time. I don't know. He totaled the patrol car. Yeah, that might be a fabrication. Yeah, I mean. Let's talk to Stone Street. (laughs) 